Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning. It is Tuesday, February 9th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Today on the College Football Daily, we're going to talk about that Penn State tweet that went viral for all the wrong reasons last week. I'm sure you did, but if you didn't see it, it said in big, bold, dramatic text, a Penn Stater has appeared in every Super Bowl. And I mean like big font. And then in much, 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 much smaller font right below that. I will call it .8 font compared to .28 font. It says, except for five since 1967. So a Penn Stater has appeared in every Super Bowl, except for five since 1967. The, the reactions were really good. Um, uh, some, some of the replies, my puppy is completely housebroken, except for the five times she peed on her floor this week. Vanderbilt won every game in 2020, except for the nine they played. Uh, it, it, it's good stuff, and again, it's tweeted from a Penn State football official account with 400,000 followers. It got 545 retweets, 3,500 quote tweets, a ton of comments, a ton of likes. Maybe, I mean, if, if all press is, is good press, maybe maybe it was the uh, intended reaction that and, and Penn State perhaps knew what it was doing. So in the wake of the Super Bowl, I was trying to find you know a, a good college football angle for the college football daily. And that was, you know, that wasn't the worst stretch we could come up with. But I really, in talking about the tweet, was using that as a Trojan horse in our upcoming conversation with Tyler Donahue of Lions 24-7 about just the general state of the Penn State program. It was a tough year for the Nittany Lions. They ended it on a high note, but staff changes, players in and out of the portal, more more in this year than usual. A few players off to the NFL, quarterback questions galore in Happy Valley. Feels like a big one for James Franklin, as Tyler will tell us in just a few minutes. Uh, and I'm excited uh, to play our conversation for everybody. And, and yes, we do start out talking about that infamous tweet as for other news and and notes across college football really nothing um on this monday after the super bowl it was reported on monday afternoon that washington state quarterback Jaden delora a true freshman in 2020 was suspended from the team indefinitely following a report that he was arrested on suspicion of dui delora was a solid quarterback looked pretty good at times for the cougars in 2020 and, and first year coach nick rolovich I would imagine that all gets worked out and he will still be the starter this fall. Behind him is Tennessee grad transfer Jarrett Guarantano. It should be a pretty quiet week of news on the college football front as everyone grapples with the fact that football season, with the exception of the FCS, is over. And uh, I would expect the transfer portal to continue to dominate our college football news coverage in and out, in and out, players every single day and commitments. And here at 24-7 Sports, we are actively in the process of ranking these guys so that we can get a much more clear look at who really is winning and losing the offseason. So anyway, we're going to take a quick break and then talk to Tyler Donahue. The College Football Daily will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, bringing in Tyler Donahue right now as promised. Tyler, when you first saw the tweet, got to know what your reaction was. I checked in on the uh, Penn State media beat text thread and it was already hopping with some reaction to that tweet. It was something I, I passed it along to my colleagues here at Lions 24-7 and, and you know, just kind of wondering, wow, that, that had to go through some serious green lights to actually go public. And it went viral, uh, not really for the reasons you'd hope, but, but it somehow managed to shove the Penn State brand into the Super Bowl narrative down the home stretch of that two-week wait. Again, not really the way they'd like it, but it turned into an immediate kind of meme parody situation. I don't know if that was the, the the targeted result. I also don't know what they were anticipating with that format, the small text, and and the, and the way it was phrased. It was it was just so easy to, to to kind of play off of it. Now I'm glad you mentioned that. There's a possibility it could have been intentional. I agree with you. I don't think it was, but I remember when Lane Kiffin did that horrible Florida Atlantic video uh, his first (laughs) year, like deadpan, just boring, boring, boring. And he was like, I did that on purpose. Like, of course I wanted to go viral. Maybe that was the case with Penn State, as you mentioned it. And maybe I'm just being polite. So we're not like ragging on a, on an intern or an underpaid, you know, 25 year old making graphics. Um, But it, it did thrust Penn State into the narrative. And I, I saw the, the Penn State account tweeted afterwards a, a follow-up graphic a few days later. Um, and it seemed like it was having some fun with it. But I imagine if you're like James Franklin or you're someone who doesn't really manage that department, you're probably like putting your 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 hands on your face and you're like, what in the world are we doing? The cringy aspect was there. Sometimes cringe does help you get the word around though and then and, and people respond to it. So yeah, I, I think maybe they, at, at the end of the day, they tried to spin it, whether that was intended or not. I don't know, but they come away with two Super Bowl starters on the Buccaneers roster and they'll take that to the bank as well. I'm glad I got those questions out of the way. This uh, It was our Trojan horse to get people to uh, lock into an episode about Penn State here. Funny tweet aside, this is definitely... Uh, James Franklin's at a crossroads, I think. I, the, the 2020 season, I had you on. We talked about how disappointing it was. You talked about what James Franklin was dealing with, his family not with him the entire season. The recruiting class wasn't good. Now... There's a little bit of hope, though. The transfer portal, you were telling me before we got on, five guys, uh, all five with starting experience, three at the Power 5 level. New OC, Mike Yersich from Texas. They canned Kirk Shiraka after one season and rather surprisingly hired Mike Yersich. It, it seems like James Franklin knew in a way he had to kind of blow things up. Well, he was extremely proactive once Mike Yersich became available. You know, it looked like Texas was going to move forward with that coaching regime, and then they had the change. And I think otherwise, we might still be seeing Kirk Shiraka here. It was a, it was a name that was high on Franklin's list for a few years. The way I gather it was Mike Yersich, and wasn't going to work out coming straight out from Ohio State. He ends up with Texas, becomes available, and Franklin took advantage of that opportunity. It's not an easy thing to do right now. I can imagine is uh, you know getting rid of an offensive coordinator one year into his uh, tenure when he didn't really have any spring practices, didn't have a normal situation to install his offense. So either Franklin really saw the writing on the wall with what Kirk Scirocco wanted to do and didn't like it, or he just viewed Mike Yersich as, as a guy who could take them to a different level, particularly at quarterback. You look at Penn State's inability to go out and, and sign 
nine top tier blue chip talent at that position. Justin Fields was on board for six months, but obviously didn't get him to the finish line. And he ends up in your own division, in your own conference. And you see what a difference that kind of a quarterback can make. It's going to be really interesting to see how that position plays out. It's not one that they have addressed in the transfer portal. They've actually had a couple of guys leave and go into the transfer portal out of the quarterback room. So a lot of questions. Sean Clifford's still here. But yeah, I mean, they've been extremely active in the transfer portal. Five scholarship guys added there. And, and you know, the last few cycles, they only had two total, one kicker, and then a Division two wide receiver who made the jump and didn't do much for the team in 2019. So this, they're counting on a lot more. They've got an offensive lineman, two on the defensive front, a running back, and, and they've also uh, added an edge rusher as well. So, you know, they, they've got an interesting group there. Um, they're going to need them to come in and, and, and fill some gaps right away. Um, and, and, you know, that's something that Penn State has really not done much of. But with a 16-player high school recruiting class, and then you tack on the five players added in the transfer portal, I think they're going to continue to expand there. That's what, like a 70-30 ratio for going with the draft versus free agency, the way they're, we're viewing the, the current college football season setup. So it's, it's, it is certainly a, a bit of a departure from what Franklin has kind of gone about his business with. He's been very lenient on some, some offensive coordinators, you know, giving guys a lot of time on the staff. There was a lot of moves that suggest he understood it wasn't up to par. He wants to fix some things. And they're also riding a four-game win streak for as bad as things oh. were. They're, you know, they're, they're riding a little bit of momentum to, you know, for whatever that's worth. And I think it's worth quite a bit when you start 0-5 and, and you face the, the uncertainties and you see these rosters collapsing and the, these locker rooms going down and spiraling across college football last fall. They kept it together. No one opted out during the season. And they won on a four-game win streak uh, to finish things off. I smiled when you said Sean Clifford's still here. I think Penn State fans will have a mixed reaction to that. Yeah. But for now, that's 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 the best they can do. But let's 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 circle back to Shiraka again, though. There were such high hopes when when he was hired, and James Franklin kind of made a big deal about the fact that. He, he hired a guy from a, from a conference foe from Minnesota and just had so many good things to say about what Kirk did at Minnesota. And then I guess it was this is just a case, Tyler, of it just not working out on the field? Was he not recruiting well? Were there philosophical differences of what was going on? Because to go from the one of the best hires of the offseason to, to gone after, to, after a pandemic season, I thought was just like really, really eye-opening. Right. Before this, Yursich move was a splash move. The, the Shiraka move was a splash move. They, they got him about what, four or five weeks after Minnesota took it to Penn State, Minneapolis with Tanner Morgan. They brought him into Dallas for days ahead of the Cotton Bowl when Minnesota was getting ready for a New Year's Six Bowl as well. I mean, that was a big time move within your conference against a team that had just kind of derailed your college football playoff hopes. So a year later for, for Kirk Shiraka to be essentially paid for a full year to, to watch Netflix at home and and no longer be required to show up to the Penn State office was definitely jarring. Uh, he's also a Pennsylvania native, so is his wife. This was kind of reflected as a homecoming of sorts for them last year, a move that made sense at this sense of this stage of his career. Now he didn't have any spring practices. He, outside of some early conversations with recruits, uh, he didn't have any in-person recruiting opportunities with with any of these guys over the course of the 2021 cycle. And additionally, you had a stop and start preseason camp. You're you're on the field in August, you're told there's no season, then you get back together in September and put together a plan. 
So all the way, you're trying to, to, to get together with Sean Clifford, Will Levis in the quarterback room virtually. None of those guys you recruited personally to Penn State. So you're trying to break the ice that way. I was very stunned. I, mean, I think we all were that who cover Penn State for a living that this actually transpired, uh, even if Mike Yersich was a desirable target. Uh, just because it seemed like there was some progression late in the year. There, there were some confusing, consistent trends where Will Levis, the backup quarterback, was just running the ball up the middle and running the ball up the middle, and it wasn't very flashy. But, you know, after... 10 turnovers by Sean Clifford in the first five games during that 0-5 start. He only had two turnovers in the final four games. So there were like definite signs of progress. The win column reflect, reflected that. And you thought, okay, does this guy get 15 spring practices? Does he get to, to work with some players that he's had a hand in recruiting Instead, uh, he is, you know, cast to the side very quickly. James Franklin admitted that was not an easy phone call to make, but that's kind of the phone call that you see made across big time football when teams feel like they need to make some kind of power move to, to get where they want to get. And I think now for the second consecutive offseason, you're putting a lot of eggs in the basket of a first year offensive coordinator to elevate your quarterback play and to maximize the skill sets of those who are around him because Penn State's done a nice job at, at tight end, at running back, and of late at wide receiver, assembling some legitimate blue-chip talent that, that could take this offense a step forward. I've always viewed the firing of a coordinator as your get-out-of-jail-free card. I know James Franklin's had a few OCs at Happy Valley. Joe Moorhead was a success, uh, a major success before he left uh, for the Mississippi State job. Do you think that this is... I mean, you just tell me, Tyler, the the current perception of James Franklin as it stands among the the, the Penn State fans, if this hire doesn't work, if mm -hmm. if this 2021 season isn't good, is James Franklin the next move or does he have any more of these cards to play as far as shuffling his staff? Basically, how long is the leash? I think it's considerably long. Uh, he just signed a, a big-time extension last winter, so we're only a year removed from that. I mean, he's a guy who continues to surface and and, and other uh, coaching searches, and, and that's something that that always is going to peak attention here in Happy Valley, seeing his name pop up elsewhere as a wanted man. And, and just, you know, I, you know, the turnaround that has taken place under Franklin from where people had their expectations for Penn State football coming out of the sanctions era, it, it was so sped up with that 2016 Big Ten title, and then he followed that up with a couple more 11 win seasons including 2019 they go win uh, 11 games win the cotton bowl that year um you know they've been in big 10 title contention down to the wire just about every season ohio state has stood in their way but this year it, it fell very flat and you and i spoke about some of the circumstances beyond football with him continuing to be separated from his family that will remain the case his daughter one of his daughters has sickle cell anemia which is a pretty serious underlying concern with covid so they're going to remain in a separate house in a separate state and he's going to have to find a way to work through that. But you're right. I mean, this offensive coordinator move shows that that he is maybe recognizing a shortcoming on his end or maybe recognizing a hiring that that pretty quickly became apparent that it wasn't what he wanted it to be with Kirk Shiraka. That very well will be the case. I think right now the question is, can he elevated at quarterback play. You had Trace McSorley come in, followed him from Vanderbilt. McSorley was outstanding, uh, you, know, you know, kind of limited physically what he could accomplish. And that's why he was a three-star prospect, but he was exceptional, but he kind of had that ceiling in place. And, and he, he, I wouldn't say he was left as a senior playing better football than he was playing, let's say as a sophomore during that mm -hmm. big 10 title run. Christian Hackenberg showed a bunch of potential as a freshman under Bill O'Brien. The next couple of years, you can make a case for regression that goes to 
to, to speak on the offensive line play, the, the, the weapons around him, but you didn't see Christian Tackenberg take off like that five-star quarterback. Maybe he would. And now to this point, Sean Clifford has 20 Big Ten starts, uh, 20 big uh, games as a Big Ten starter under his resume. And you saw him regress this year, you know, kind of bounce back a bit late, but not really anything that when you watch the college football playoff says this is the kind of quarterback who can keep you in these games and not let you get boat raced, uh, whether it's the semifinal or the national championship game or even against an Ohio State. Justin Fields came in and put on an absolute clinic in, in, in Beaver Stadium this year, and, and Sean Clifford was struggling over the course of that game. So I think that that's that's really it. Is James Franklin going to be able to recruit a big-time quarterback or develop a big-time quarterback here? Because they're down to three scholarship guys. Clifford has 20 start. The other two guys have zero combined completions at the college level. So either they got to bring in a, a transfer player who's going to push Clifford, or they're going to need some significant development in that room right now. And, and one of those quarterbacks just enrolled in January. So mm-hmm. a lot of questions about that group right now. My last question for you. You never really put much stock into the James Franklin, Tennessee rumors, did you? I did not. I mean, I put stock in the fact that he would be on a wish list, perhaps on their end. But no, not that James Franklin would leave for that opportunity. There are jobs that I thought might make sense for James Franklin and his family. To me, that 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 is not one of them. Yeah, I was thinking during that whole coaching search for Tennessee, obviously that that wasn't going to happen. But I I was thinking about what you said to me last fall when we talked, Tyler, on, on the podcast, something along the lines of after this season for Penn State, James Franklin is going to, I'm paraphrasing here, relish mm-hmm. the opportunity to have some time off and, and take some time. And I didn't even know his, he was still separated from his family. That's got to be so tough. There's just no way that given all of that and given his need to decompress, uh, a lifestyle change and a uh, a job change was going to be in the cards. And and going to a place like that where there's there's going to be a reclamation, uh, you know, effort ahead. He's done that at Penn State. That's a lot of heavy lifting. I think he knows how arduous that can be, especially when combined with sky high expectations on the parts of the boosters that may not necessarily match well with the current reality. So that's it, a lot of heavy lifting to do once again. And, and I'll tell you what, we we thought we'd see Franklin kind of either take some time away from football, maybe reevaluate where his was at or go full throttle dive into this thing further he is i think kind of doubled down on his passion about getting penn state to the next level i think these moves with the personnel with the coaching staff reflect that he got a few weeks with his family around christmas surprised them on christmas eve i think that was huge for recharging the batteries but like a lot of people he's gonna have to try to avoid falling into some of those pitfalls that he experienced in 2020 from a personal standpoint and i think just like a lot of head coaches around the country right now if he's able to get those 15 spring practices, that's going to be a huge check off the to-do list on how to make 2021 a lot more manageable than the 2020 experience was across college football. Tyler Donahue, thanks for joining us. And thanks for having me. Okay, thanks to Tyler once again for joining us. He does a great job over at Lions 24-7 with Sean Fitz, his colleague. You can follow Tyler at TD's Take on Twitter. So that's, uh, that's a fun username, at TD's Take. Anyway, uh, our producer is Lance Glenn. My name is Trey Scott. If you haven't, go ahead and subscribe to our other great national podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network, 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast with Blair Angulo. You think those guys are, are going to take a few weeks off after signing day? Nope. Full steam ahead. 
class of 2022. It's going to be a fun one. They're already covering it. And then the Late Kick podcast with Josh Pate, which is not only his full episodes of his very popular Late Kick show, but also some specials and some mailbags. And it's just a fantastic college football podcast to listen to for great takes and and strong opinions and a general pulse of the college football landscape. So anyway, we will talk to y'all on Wednesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Have a great one. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.